Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. My name is Karen Cassian and I'm here with my co-host Noreen Mitchell. And today we're interviewing artist Tom Clark. Thank you for joining us, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Thank and you for having me. good morning to you, Noreen. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom is a watercolor painter, but he's so many more things. Um, I, th- I remember you as a canoeist. That's how I, like this <laughs> lone canoe guy, be 45 years ago. Yes, well, you Lake know. Wasiosa. When- when you come to Muskoka, you've got to jump in, right? And sometimes you have to jump into a canoe. And when I came to Huntsville High School, uh, some of the most interesting people were paddlers and outdoorsmen. And I thought, okay, I got to do this too. So they literally taught me how to paddle. And it's like long journey. It's been fun. You were, you were an English teacher at Huntsville High School. I was. I started with English theater and art, actually. Um which lasted for a few years until my department head in English hauled me in and said, no, you're going to be an English teacher for the rest of your career. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that doesn't say anything about your art, I'm sure. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> they just he, he just decided that that's where my strength was, and, and he maybe, a, maybe he was right, so that's the direction I went. Was your entire career there at Huntsville High School? It was, oh, from wow. day one to the very end. That's a rare thing these days. Shakespeare? Wow. Oh, well, that's my my favorite stuff. Um, uh, I took over a course that was developed by Dorota Gora, who, who preceded me uh, with a grade 13 Shakespeare course. And when she left uh, town, she says, you got to take this over and teach it. And it was uh, all Shakespeare. And I had probably 25 to 30 of the best English students in Muskoka come to that course. And of course, it, you know, it was grade 13, nothing but Shakespeare, trips to Stratford. It was, yeah. uh, those were the golden years for me. Yes. Wow. That's great. And take Shakespeare to new heights, really. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, you know, it opened it opened my eyes a lot because, because uh, you know, I knew five or six plays well, but I had to learn practically the whole canon. And, and there were kids there that wanted to read every play they could put their hands on. And I sure just you know, that's, encouraged That's a dream, them. isn't it, oh, for an English yeah, teacher? Exactly. So, yeah, Shakespeare, big part. And um, after you retired, Tom, you for a while you did you brought international language students to yeah i was hired by beth mcwilliams and uh, mike ruby who uh were the uh owners of muskoka language international that was a educational tourism business that brought uh students from japan to canada to be uh tutored to go to school and to visit some of our cultural things to live in with families either for short terms two weeks or even a year and uh they they kicked that off way back I don't know when it was in the 80s and they came to me and asked me if I would be able to help a young Japanese uh, student who didn't speak much English um, find a curriculum that he could he could uh, learn uh, learn English in and uh, just maybe help him with some friends and some you know extracurricular things and he'd be living with such and such a family and I thought oh that sounds like fun and I, I worried a little bit about whether or not this young man would be accepted but um, it turns out everybody loved Yuki and uh, he became like a pet around the school and he learned English fast because he was into everything. And uh, and the kids that followed him were similar uh, in terms of talent and personality and they just kept bringing student after student to us that just fit in so well. 
And I had a blast with it. And when I retired, uh, Bev said, look, we want you to take over the program part uh, for uh, two-week visits in various places around the province and outside the province. Would How you many do that? years did you yeah, do that? Yeah, I probably did that for 20 years altogether. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, it was good. It was great. And and But finally, like everything else, you, you have to let things go. And that was one of them. And the students were from all over? Initially, no, they were Japan. from Japan. All of them, yeah, okay. Yeah, just from Japan. They kind of specialized in Japan. They were from private schools in Japan, which most of the schools are. And uh, and the programs that I operated were two week programs that uh, had uh, I hired the teachers and we would go to a place like say Aurelia and hire the schools, um, rent the school uh, places, and we would provide a morning teaching of English and afternoon cultural pursuits. And uh, it was it was great fun. And I still am in contact with some of the escorts and teachers that came with them, and uh, and they talk about some of the students as well. So. That, that was a wonderful time in my life. And how long have you been retired? Oh, boy. From teaching? Yeah. yeah. Uh, retired from teaching, I think, about 93. So it's coming on 20 years. Wow. And after you retired, you took up painting. That's right. I, I mentioned that I came to uh, Huntsville uh, and taught art for the first few years, and that was a bit of an accident uh, when I had my interview for uh, for my job. My dad was in the car because we were going on a canoe trip in Algonquin Park, and Doug Stone said, "What are you doing there?" And I said, "Well, you know, fishing, paddling, did a little sketching." And he said, "Sketching? Are you an artist?" And I said, "No, I'm <laughs> not. Crazy. I just like be like, careful what you say. Yeah, be careful what you say." <laughs> and he says, "Oh, I keep that in mind. When are you coming out?" And, oh, about eight days. I'll drop by the house and I'll tell you what the story is. And he put my resume on the bottom of this huge pile. I thought that's that. And my father said, how'd it go? And I said, oh, we had a nice chat, but I'm not getting too excited. Well, I came back in and he said, look, we just lost our art teacher. So I need an art <laughs> teacher. Um, and, and you're going to be it, but you're going to teach theater and English too. So I had six crazy classes, all different. And I'd never taught art before, but because he saw a couple of sketches, he figured, you know, I could do it. And he says, are you willing? Can you do it? I said, listen, I'll, I'll teach plumbing if you teach. Give me half an hour in the morning <laughs> to learn it. <laughs> I don't care. I just want the job. And that turned into uh, uh, more experience in art. And I got to know some of the artists in town and this and that. But teaching is, is a kind of thing that it just it takes all of your creative energy. And so my own personal pursuits in art were kind of put on hold. But I promised myself in retirement. I'm going to go, I'm going to do this a little more thoroughly. I'm going to take some courses and... You've and come full circle. Get it Here done. And I have gone full circle. Exactly. So having been a teacher, you know how to learn, probably. You know, I, I believe in lifelong learning. And I've always told my students that they taught me more than I ever taught them. Yeah. That's great. And you went to the Halliburton School. I did, yeah. A mm -hmm. couple of times. Had a couple of wonderful teachers there. Art Kunanen, he's a world-famous watercolorist. And Gord Jones, who's... A Canadian uh, belongs to the Society of Canadian Watercolor Painters, and he's brilliant too. And so those two are my mentors. Why? Okay. Why watercolor? I was going to ask the same. Yeah. 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 Well, watercolor. That's a good question. I, 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 I just noticed that I always stopped at watercolor to try to figure out how they did it. You know how how they get those blends and whatnot. It's one of the most difficult, I think. Well, they say, and you know, it's, uh, I get that because I think the difficulty people perceive is in the fact that um, 
you're in and you're out. You can't go back and exactly. The, you more the more you lay you on, the worse up, it gets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's muddier so, and muddier. The muddier and yes. muddier it gets. So mm-hmm. you have to. You're forced to sort of be satisfied with what you've laid down there, and correct things maybe around it. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess I like that challenge. I particularly like the results. And once I was offered a few tricks by these geniuses that were my mentors. Um, things started to fall into place and you know there's nothing like a little uh, success to encourage you to keep going and um, I just uh, I I found it easy to set up uh, probably cheaper to buy I don't know Um, but uh, no heavy canvases no and uh, you know and as I get into it I realize maybe it's a little old-fashioned because people kind of favor the Big splashes of colors of four uh, Well, I was and. going to say I like watercolor because of its ethereal quality. It's it's got this mystical quality oh, to me. I feel yeah. all the time. It's magic when when that water takes the pigment and it's either warm or cool, you know, and it and it blends it together, and you get something that well, you never thought would happen, uh, either uh, either to your advantage or not. Uh, it's just fun to watch, and you just don't know what you're going to get. You have so little control, and yet you you control that chaos until it becomes something interesting. I remember putting it under the, the tap. It's just like, this isn't working, and you just like pour water on it and start again, yeah. if you can. I've if done you that, can. and yeah. I've taken my spray thing and just, you know, yeah. and sprayed yeah. it down. Is that okay? This yeah. is wet on wet now. I'm going to change this whole scene. Have you tried other mediums? Well, I, I've done a, a very little acrylic. I did a lot of drawing with Conti chalk and charcoal and whatnot. Um, I used to do some uh, illustrating, and people would say, "Can you do a card for me?" So it'd be poster paint and stuff oh, like nice. that. Oh, nice! So nice. But you know, nothing as much as this. We're going to take a short break now, um, and we'll be back. I'm Karen Cassian here with Noreen Mitchell, and we're interviewing artist Tom Clark. We'll be back shortly on Arts or Us. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. And we're back on Arts R Us. I'm Karen Cassian with Noreen Mitchell, and we're interviewing artist Tom Clark. Tom, you have been, you're presently in the Art Crawl, which is downtown Huntsville. It's there for all of June. Um, you've had a solo show at the Huntsville Public Library, and you're a member of the Huntsville Art Society, and you've been in various member shows over the years. Yes, the, the, the Huntsville Art Society is just wonderful. I, they've been so kind. Um, I didn't really know where I was going to go with my art. It was pretty much just a little home hobby thing. Um, but as some people saw it and even offered to buy one, which really threw, blew me away. That's always great, isn't it? Especially oh, when you don't know them. That's, I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. And I gave many to my uh, relatives. And every time we had a visit from relatives, they say, oh, I want that painting. So out the door it would go, you know. Well, at any rate, the Huntsville Art Society was there. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll join this, see what it's all about. Well, it's a wonderful organization, and uh, I appreciate everything, every opportunity they've given me. And the Art Crawl is the latest one, and it's so much fun. Um, last That's a year, collaboration between the Huntsville Festival of the Arts and yeah. the Huntsville Art Society, and it's, it involves 60 artists and 30 businesses downtown. This year, yeah. You this were in year. last year as well. I was. You know, it speaks to this town embracing the art 
culture, I think, you know. And uh, uh, there was a time when this this town maybe wasn't quite so forward in that respect. Um, it's not it's not an art colony. We're not Salt Spring Island or anything like that. But they're they're so it, they're so receptive to the the artists in the community, whether it's music or mm-hmm. graphic arts, whatever. I mean, I was at the local kitchen last year, and Ryan was wonderful. He took down all his big these big meal-oriented paintings and put mine up and like sold a few you know and this year i'm at the bike shop dale is wonderful he hardly wait to get my stuff on the wall and even though my hooks aren't keeping they fall down a lot i got to go over there today and hang a few more that fell on the floor but you know that's the way it goes and you know about the wednesday walkabouts have you uh, taken part in those where i have not um i know about them okay but i haven't taken part in them yet i think there's at least one left there's two. There's actually one this week and one next week. Noreen and I have took part in one. We started off at the Huntsville Festival Studio, yeah. uh, backing onto River Mill Went Park. Went to five different locations. Yes, and uh, we ended up at the Alora Pub for drinks, and the festival provided some appetizers. It was wonderful because there were 17 people, and all people are interested. Oh well, you know, people. So you should join good. us for one of them. Okay, you're talking yeah. into it. <laughs> I love the idea of it. I'll be and there. It's great for business. Where does it start? It starts at the Huntsville Festival Studio behind backs onto River Mill yep, Park. I know. Yeah, you were talked into something else, and that's doing a demo. Uh, how did that demo go? I know you were at the recent demo on the Saturday the yeah. afternoon, one to four p.m. They've have those every week too. Oh, out in River Mill Park. Yeah, I, I got a call from or an email from uh, Billy Mack, who uh, is uh, a well-known yes, artist yeah. in his own right, music and and painting. And he said, "Listen, wouldn't it be fun if we did together under the same tent? You know, because we've got we've developed a bit of a musical relationship." And I said, "Yeah, let's do that." And you check it out with Dan, and he said, and so we were there. We were, and he and his wife, and we were putting things together, and things were blowing away, and it was the windiest day, if you recall. But I looked around and there was a whole bunch of river rock down by the bridge there. I says, you know, Ken, let's get some of those rocks. And we had rocks all over our table. And I had things held down my elbows. And we were both painting and laughing. And it was it was not an ideal painting situation. But it was an ideal situation for fun. Yeah. <laughs> and people walking by got a kick out of watching us try to, you know, try do this paint. dance. Yeah. <laughs> so they saw what on plan air was like. <laughs> some well, of sure the challenges. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's great. I think you said that painting for you was a joy and a challenge, and that's probably one of the challenges. Yep, yep. You have to take what you get, you know. And uh, you know, TikTok times passing. You got to just keep on going. <laughs> How has your painting evolved over the years? I know you said uh, you, you do landscapes. Yeah, I I uh, did a course on portraiture, and I thought maybe I could be, do some portraits, and uh, it was okay. And I had one or two successes, but I had a lot of. Mm, things that didn't make me happy so what made me happier were the landscapes and streetscapes and things like that but i like that you sometimes put people into your landscape maybe a solitary individual yeah. to me it's, it really gives a sense of uh human uh, the human in nature you know all the paintings i've sold have had people in them with the yeah, one or two exceptions that. and that's because people look at us and they tell me i know that place i i've been there or and maybe it's just an imaginary place but mm-hmm. they what they're doing is they're they're channeling or recalling a, um, an experience or a situation that my painting uh, brought back to the surface, and they want to hang on to that. And so my paintings, I try to price them at, a, at an accessible cost, and uh, out the door they go. And it's it's you know that somebody has a painting on their wall that tells their story. And boy, if you can do that, I mean. 
what more is there, right? Yeah, that brings joy to everybody. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where do you paint? I have a little uh, bedroom studio. Our, one of the bedrooms in our house is we converted into my music and art studio, so I combine. We haven't it. talked about your music. <laughs> Tell us about your music. Well, well that's the latest, uh, latest noisemaker in our house. Um, You've got, you, your family sounds very musical. Well, my kids all play something or another: your violin, cello, um, guitars, all that. And uh, I watched them uh, go down that road, and they made me very happy. Lexi and I uh, just. Got a lot of joy out of their their journey. And Lexi plays the piano and listens she, to she classical to. music. Yeah, she used to. She's just a big fan of classical music. So yeah, our kids are sort of raised listening to these things. However, what happened to me was I was uh, I was in a hockey dressing room and uh, one of my buddies said uh, heard me singing in the shower. I guess I don't know what it was, but he says, uh, "Do you play uh, the guitar?" And I says, uh, "Well, not anymore. I used to play around the campfire until kids my kids took live. my guitar away from me." <laughs> <laughs> And he says, "Well, we need a bass bass man for our for our for our band for our garage band. Why don't you learn how to play the bass?" I said, "Okay." So it just happened that I sold a painting in London, and with that money, I took I went out and looked uh, and on Kijiji, and there was a bass guitar for it was sale. Meant to be, it was meant to be. I mm. brought it home with an app, and I started, and uh, I'm a year and a bit into it now. Uh, I'm learning. There's a lot to learn. Are you with the band now? I love it. Yeah, I play with the band. That's and great. With, and with Billy Mack and, uh, um, you know, we're, we're and a few others. Uh, Louis Tooth, I played with Louis and uh, Ray Richards. Wow. And we just have fun together. You know, all the old tunes that I could name 20 of them and you'd know every one of them and probably the lyrics too. You know, they're <laughs> right. both yeah. Yeah. CCR Love, those familiar ones. You could give courses, Tom, on how to enjoy your retirement. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know what? I, I gave some advice Gratuitous to a group of retiring teachers. I said, "Listen, people are going to tell you, don't do things. Just, just relax. Just." Yeah. And I, my advice was, "No, do everything." I exactly. say, join something. Go, I, yeah, 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 I said, "Yeah, people are going to ask you to join." I said, join. I said, "Here's the reason." I said, "Not only will you find something interesting that you've never done, but you can also, if you don't like it, you can say, you know what." I'm going to quit. Yeah. I've had enough. I'd want to do yeah. something else. And I said, when could you do that over the exactly. last 35 years? Yeah. You could never say to the boss when you're teaching, I yeah. quit. Mm -hmm. But now you can. So uh, go ahead and try something I think new. retired people are some of the happiest I've ever met. Oh. When I look at my kids working nine to five and, know. you know, they've got I, young kids. I and, know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. What does painting mean to you? Mm. Well, <clears throat> um, I think the visual arts are, are probably the most important thing. Vision is maybe one of the most important senses that we have. And um, I have a little slogan that says, life is short, but art stretches time. If you can capture something uh, that amuses or entertains or, or impresses you or makes you cry, if you can capture that uh, in, in a one uh, two-dimensional uh, object painting, and you have it forever. And you can go, you can revisit it, you can go back to it. And we live in our minds, not just the present, but mm -hmm. everything that's ever happened to us and experience. And for me, a painting is just a, it's a channel to an experience we've either never had or want to remember or hope to have. So you visit art galleries to look at, you know, the past, really. Because what else have you got but paintings? Now we've got many more medias, but people are still attracted to paintings because and, and art will be there long after we're not. That's the whole point, mm -hmm. I think. You know, mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't paint for a legacy. I just paint for myself. If it's nice, people like it. That's great. But the truth of it is, uh, you put it on the wall. You walk by it every day. Um, 
it's something that uh, helps you remember something. And that you achieved that too. That's because mm-hmm. re- it represents effort. Yes, mm-hmm. there's that. That's, yes. And um, I understand too that you have a connection with Aspen Wildlife Center. Well, a couple a, a of sanctuary. Ways. I guess yeah, it is. Um, I I swim with a fellow Hank uh, or Howard Smith who used to be who took over from uh, Audrey Turney and ran the place for years. He's retired from there now, but he. I've always liked the concept of that center, rescuing animals and making sure that they're cared for. And so what I when I sell a painting, 10% of my profits go to that group. And Howard, uh, having heard all the stories that Howard's told me over the years, it just reinforces my notion that that's where I want to put some funds, you know. So um, I'm careful. I, you know, I tell people, okay, you got to know that uh, X number of these dollars are going going to uh, this after I accumulate a little bit, and it makes that makes me feel good. I think it's a good cause. What do you want the viewer to understand? And uh, you think you've already alluded to this uh, about placing themselves in the picture, yeah. but when they see your work, well, you mentioned that you're glad to see people in my painting, and. Uh, I like putting figures in the painting because the eye is drawn to the figures. And, uh, it, you know, usually it's a simple thing like walking the dog or holding hands or um, maybe riding a bike down a lane or something. Things that Fishing everybody's, alone on the shore. Everybody's, yes. Mm-hmm. Something everybody's done. And uh, that just helps uh, the relationship between the artist, the painter, and the viewer. And that, uh, it, that communication is important to me. Well, that's great. Well, Tom, good luck to you in your future and your evolution of your painting and your music. And thank you for joining us here today. And right now, where can people find your art and you? Hmm. Um, I have uh, I'm on Instagram. So uh, my kids. That's a good place to be. I think so. My kids have explained that to me. I I used to have a bit of a website, but I think I've let it go. but Instagram shows my paintings, and uh, oh, they're scattered around town as well. So you can always call me. <laughs> and the Huntsville Art Crawl is on right now. And, and do you right. are you on the website of the the Huntsville Art Society? Um, yeah, I guess so. I don't that's know. A, uh, well, I have check, a, check I, that out, Tom, because that's okay. a, a good one. Yeah, maybe I have. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. I don't know how involved I am there. I didn't put my profile in there. I read other people's profiles and they're so outstanding and and they're so broad. I think, oh man, you know, what am I going to say after the first sentence? You're an English teacher. You can write something good. Yeah, yeah. make make it like Shakespeare. You're right. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming. Thanks again, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. There's so much happening around town. Yeah, so I don't think we can list everything. So let's just talk about where people can look for things that are going on. I would say start with Huntsville Art Society. Yes. Huntsville Festival of the Art. That's right. The Art Center at Algonquin in Algonquin Park, along with the the Algonquin Room and the Visitor's Center. Mm -hmm. There's things happening there. The Limberlost Tour is coming up. Oh, my goodness, there's so so many. uh, What else have you got? The Huntsville Arts and Crafts. Yes, Muskoka Arts and Crafts, and there's Annie Williams Summer Show. Plus, they've got a show on coming in right now, and it's uh, three women, and it's called The Power of Three. Okay. Uh, I think that's interesting. And I'd like to mention New Adventures in Sound Art in South River. They have a call out there for submissions, so... Look at all of these and things. Your gar- you've got a garden oh, tour. Oh, yeah, I should say that, too. I'm you've plugged to actually them. a volunteer on the 2022 Garden Tour, which takes place on Saturday, July 16th, with the Huntsville Horticultural Society. And this is our 95th year. Wow. So 
that's incredible. I don't know how long the garden tour has been on, but this is a celebration for the Horticultural Society. Wow. So I think there's lots going there's on this lots summer. There's lots going on. There's yes. beauty everywhere. Mm-hmm. So this is Karen Cassian and Marie Mitchell signing off on Arts or Us. Thank you again, Tom Clark, for joining us. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We, we are Muskoka. Muskoka.